The following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. I had the pleasure of interviewing Justin Sharoma on this podcast. So many similarities between you and me, Justin, and we didn't even get into all of them, but Laura was listening and then she wrote down questions. So she is going to ask you questions and then we are going to chime in here and there to help with whatever you want to know and maybe learn a little bit more. So Laura... Would you like to take it away with your first question? <laughs> well, first of all, Justin, like, thank you so much for sharing that story. It's so important for us to recognize that God works uniquely in each person's life. And so to just be able to soak in the stories of how he has worked in your life brings me such like joy and awe. Just, just to see your awakening and to, to hear like what a difference it has made in your life and now in your family's life. So just thank you for, Absolutely. for that. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, I really appreciated that. I wanted to go back to something you said when Jill was asking about growing up in the church. And you mentioned that you were, you and your family were holiday churchgoers. And I'm just curious because a lot of people are in that boat and I'm, I'm like so stubbornly against people like belittling that because I don't care if you're a holiday churchgoer, like you're coming to church twice a year, right? Like that's awesome. God is going to work in that. So um, sometimes when Christians are like, oh, they only go to church on Christmas and Easter, you know, as a negative, I'm like, but they're going to church. So I'm just curious from that perspective, like, when your family would go on Christmas and Easter, what would you walk away with? Like, just curious, like what would you, in general, how would that impact you growing up? Where are we going to eat? That's what I would ask first after church was done. Because you all, you all yeah. would, would go out to yeah, eat. Yeah, where are we going to eat? Yeah. Um, no, you know, I was talking about the before, actually, and you, you, know, you mentioned about other Christians maybe um, degrading others that go on holidays, well, I I would be the type, well, I think it's more insulting to go only on holidays and not go the rest of the year. So I don't want to be insulting to the church, so let's not go. And so I would even try to talk my way out of going to these holiday uh-huh. uh, church services. Um, I think it was just kind of a marker in the year, you know, of, of that, a marker of a connect, you know, like, okay, I went to church. I can say I would go to church, which now that's huge. Like, I think that's huge to be able to say, that you are connected, even if it is once or twice a year, and from experience knowing that it's, it's way better than not being connected at all. Uh, you know, I would you'd go to the big Christmas mass, and the messages are very similar and the same. And so, it, it became a yearly. It was more just a yearly event to go and be connected. 
thinking back to um, your high school years, you mentioned that you felt disconnected in a way because you would like participate in the communion and everything as was expected of you. And yet, like you didn't quite have an understanding of it or did it feel like maybe it didn't impact you the way you thought it should? I was just curious if you could explore that disconnect a little bit. Well, I wasn't really allowed to participate in communion in the Catholic church without going, you know, without being confirmed or that that be my understanding at least. And I even took that lack of understanding after my own recent baptism and Shout out to Pastor Jim. Actually, I did this, and I, I was, I didn't understand receiving communion, you know, in our church, and so I took the kids up to get a receive a blessing, but then I refused the communion. And Pastor Jim offered to me like three times. <laughs> I said no. I said no three times. Like I said no, 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 no. Looking back, after I, you know, I actually reached out to Pastor Chuck, and you know, having that connected, I felt con. Um, comfortable asking him what is this all about because I, I needed to understand the practice and the significance of it in order to me for me to truly receive because that's the way I felt growing up that I wasn't good enough to receive this gotcha. blessing and so yes I reached out to Pastor Chuck and asked him you know asked him and um he explained it to me and I'm like oh and then I thought back to the Pastor Jim offering me several times and, and I'm like oh, I don't want to think that I don't receive Christ I don't want to think that you know but I it was more of my understanding and a reflection of my experience of, of oh I'm not allowed to because I haven't gone through the right steps gotcha and it's interesting you bring that up because kind of the same but kind of opposite so my husband was I believe baptized I don't even know and confirmed I can't remember the first time that we attended Messiah and it was time for communion and he and I stood up because it's a Lutheran church and I knew that I was confirmed Lutheran and baptized Lutheran, but still didn't really understand all of that. Now I'm thinking about it. I still probably don't understand all of it. And he stood up with me. I'm like, you can't go. You're not Lutheran. And he said, God doesn't care. I'm taking this. And I was like, wowza either he's really pissing somebody off in the church or he is really right and it started this thing in my head and there were so many different things like i would go to a catholic church with my sister uh when i you know wanted to go to a christmas mass or whatever and i did feel shame that i had to stay in the pew when they would go get communion and i was always like well i just don't understand why i can't and i remember this too when she got married so she converted to catholicism when she got married and as her maid of honor technically i was not supposed to be on the altar with her and they had a father who was amazing and they're like okay just when he goes to give you your communion just nod your head put your head down and nobody's gonna and all these things now i'm understanding why it's so confusing and why it's so difficult and so when you said that you didn't want to take the communion because you didn't feel worthy enough or i'm paraphrasing but like i didn't understand i always thought it was just against the rules Yeah, yeah yeah Same thing, same you know, thing. and yeah. and so I'm guilt. Like, yes, like, I wasn't supposed to do that, right? You know, or 
why don't I get to do that? Right. You know, having to sit there and feel again excluded, and that's that was my experience and my perception. Again, I, I, I go back to not understanding the practice and you know everything like that, and so yeah, that, that just led to you know the overall feeling of I'm not as good as my buddies who grew up mm. in catholic school that went through all of this sunday school and i didn't do that and so they're from a religious standpoint are better christians than i am Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let's talk about this moment when you heard from god so cool so cool i thought it was interesting how you explained it that it didn't come through your head it came from your chest like like almost this gut knowing that that he was was speaking to you. Have you felt that again? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like once you feel it, you don't stop feeling it. Mm. It's, it's like a channel's been open, and it's whether you're receiving or 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 you're you're just you know whether you're actually receiving or just listening. Just it seems to feel there. Um, that that and then, and I think that's what I hope that's what all Christians feel that connection. Um, like many instances. In the Bible, it came from fire. It came from a, a, a place of turmoil and struggle, pain, and it was almost a need for it to, almost like a need for it to happen to heal me. You know, it, it was a, not a good place. It was, you know, looking back that that as amazing as we can speak about the moment being, it doesn't happen when things are sunshine and rainbows. Not usually, yeah. yeah. And so there was pain attached. There was conflict turmoil like i said fire in that moment so yeah not definitely not easy but you know i think in following and kind of you know, do i can you know feel that feeling you know it's 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 almost like you know they talk about people when you go to maybe go to church service and you feel like the pastors are talking directly to you it's almost like every service like it, my hand was being held like, i'm talking to you i'm talking every every word was hitting like, this is for me, he's talking to me, this is for me. And, you know, over the course of a year, not every Sunday was like that. In the very beginning, it was one of the first um, series following our baptism was the broken series. And I, so that's what I was. I was a broken man. I was a broken person. And that needed to be put together. And I needed to understand the message, you know, with, we talked about the gold holding the pot together. And that's what I needed was was God. When I say early, early in the beginning, I needed my hand held. Like couldn't receive the message and then find my way. I needed to receive the message. You know, God spoke, speaks to me, and then He's like, "Okay, and now here's the way. Now here's now you are broken, terribly broken. Here's the message from from your church on Sunday. That my people are talking to you." And you're listening to, and this is something you need to hear. And it went on there, and then, you know, time went on, and I, you know, it became a, it became a journey of, of of searching. I was then searching for more opportunity, and came FCA. I met Dave Shaw, who is one of the directors of FCA, and we meet weekly for a uh, discipleship and Bible study. And it's wild because I was kept thinking. I need to expand my, you know, days that I am engaged, God, not just Sundays. I need to find something. And he calls me on the phone, just calls me. Hey, man, you want to 
you want to do this thing with me? I'm like, dude, <laughs> were you just reading my mind? And it just happens that way. Leading up to this, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before was would have marked one year from my baptism. And Pastor Jim's up there going through this list, followed by God's not done with you yet. Hmm. I'm like, wow. Like the whole year and how, you know, there was a lot that went through. I lost both my arms last year. I tore both bicep tendons. <sighs> I had to have surgery. And so as my kids were just learning to stand up and walk. So all this time when they're standing up and falling, I couldn't pick them up. Needless to say, my wife hated me for having <laughs> twins and couldn't change one diaper for eight months. Um, but we got through it. It's been, you know, it's been a very tough year in some aspects, but um, a lot of great things came out of the year. And the F, you know, starting with the FCA, getting involved with more people, making God you know, making it a more active part of my life and try and striving to make God first. And that's been one of the hardest things is I think as a person that was always about himself first. And, you know, I'm kind of person too, like I can take care of this. I can mm-hmm. fix this. I can do this. I don't need help from anybody like that type of person, control type person, you know, going through the year and then slowly making that progress of trying to put God first. Still, I mean, it's, probably at 10 percent it's better than zero yep yeah. <laughs> you know and um to hear the message like as amazing as your year your baptism birth year was i'm not done with you yet you know just being reminded that how loved i was and how needed i was and those are feelings that did not feel a year prior i didn't feel like i was that like i was worth anything so it's just been a crazy wild awesome amazing journey so amazing. And thank you for, for that reminder that he's not done with any of us yet. You know, we are all a work in progress. And um, the fact that he sent you someone to meet with regularly and like learn more about God and to dig deeper into what it means to be a Christian, you mentioned um, being discipled, you know, that to have somebody who who can invest in you, that that is what the Christian walk is supposed to look like. It's not something we're supposed to do alone. So what a blessing. And that that came through FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And maybe that's a good place for us to wrap up is learning more about what is Fellowship mm-hmm. of Christian Athletes and how can we connect our high schoolers to it. So do you mind giving us just an overview of what does that organization do and um, what's going on in it in well, your school? FCA is is bringing athletes and coaches together um, to fellowship and, and and walk through Christ's teachings and trying to let Him be the light that we walk toward, even through our you know our abilities, with our abilities and our character and um, the way that we can use ourselves as tools to reflect Christ's light in others. You know, sports offer us an opportunity to see ourselves in a different light, um, to see ourselves in a place where we can express ourselves, a place that where we can challenge ourselves, um, where we can experience many seasons of life in small, safe, I would say small, safe, 
opportunities, you know, like a game or practice, we're going to experience those ups and downs and, and how we walk that path. I walk those paths. I walk that those many seasons that we experience um, can really lead us in our real lives as we move past athletics and, and become men or women of Christ moving forward in our lives. And so, you know, FCA seeks to to connect us in that way with a focus on sports, but of course with with the intention of making us better Christ followers and, and fellowship together. And so building relationships like we talked about and connecting. And you know, I, I've I've met the Tony, like I said, when I first started, I've heard of FCA, never went to a meeting, never knew anything about it other than the term fellowship of Christian athletes. Probably something I would have completely stayed away from before. Um, but that's all I know. Is those those three words was about all I knew about it. Um, but, you know, again, since then, I've met other coaches and other teachers that are involved and or have previously been involved who jump up at the opportunity to say, hey, I know about this. I can help. And I'm like, amazing. <laughs> I need help. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, I put in those people in my life, but, I, but me seeing these people now as adults in their own lives and how what their lives are like and how they walk through life have you know having this i i would say this experience or this fellowship behind you know with them or or in their you know in their experience bank and saying like wow this is somebody that i would like to be like him or i would like to be like her Mm -hmm. and and their path came through fca you know and so that's what i think we're about is is just growing together through sports and it's truly growing together athletes and coaches together so amazing and you can go to the fca website and see if your school has mm-hmm. has a chapter right yep fca.org and um there's also an instagram page and i never heard of it until now really mm-hmm. and you were a coach mm-hmm. not all schools have a chapter but they could and these are public schools we're yeah, talking about. Yeah. And we're and and for, we're so fortunate that we were were able to be a actually school sponsored club recognized by the school, and that that's I think that is one amazing step for all of us is that we can be recognized for our beliefs and gather, and it's acceptable. You know, I mean, of course, within our our frame, but right. you know, it, it you know the kids we walk around and the kids will say. Public school, we can be Christians. Absolutely, and, and and we can fellowship together. We can meet and we can talk and we can share, you know. And I think that to me, like, was amazing to just see. Like, it was my goal. Like, that was my goal to provide. You know, I told the kids this is my goal. I wanted to provide. I wanted to be able to open up and create a platform that this could happen, and just to hear it come back and the kids say wow, we can do this. We are doing this. Mm-hmm. We are, hey, look at us. We're in the building, public school building, talking about God, reading Bible verses, discussing it, sharing our experiences. And it's like, wow, cool. Like everybody's like, cool. You know, everybody loves it. Talk about full circle. Cause yeah. you know, you said just over a year ago, you didn't even believe in God. And here you are, you are the sponsor of FCA in your school and God is bringing people to you through that. I mean, that's one of the amazing things when we step out and we say yes to God, we think often that we're doing it to serve others, but 
he is giving you so much through you stepping out all these relationships that are then pouring into you and growing your faith. So it's just an, a beautiful example of how God works the good in everything. And a lot of times we don't get to see it on this side of heaven, but this is such a, a great story of us getting to see it in action and like it's happening now. Yeah, it's amazing. it really is amazing getting to it without him. None of it. I think the realization that I can't do anything without God helped me in a lot of the struggles I was having before I found God. The feelings of not being good enough or the feelings that I needed to do something and take care of a situation or be the one to make things happen. It's a lot of pressure to yeah. shoulder. And when you feel that way about everything, like I said, I, I for some reason would take these huge societal issues and bear the weight of it as if it was my problem. That was, you know, one, you know, once I realized that we can put that in God's hands, mm -hmm. you know, and I can put all of everything that I have in God's hands and everything he's given me is from God's hands. It took the pressure of me feeling that I needed to do something or even the feeling that I'm not good enough. It's not about me anymore. And coming to that realization was huge for me. And do I struggle? We struggle every day, every single day. And is Satan working on me every day? Absolutely. Do those feelings come back? Yes. You know, and it takes, it, it does take a conscious, active effort to put it back where it belongs. Is it perfect? No. Does it carry on for days? Yep. Weeks? Yep. Sometimes, you know, I'm fortunate that I do have joined this discipleship with Dave and and we meet because it's 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 a it's a solid connection that we have, and I can and we reflect every week, and and I can say, I wasn't very good last week. I didn't, uh, you know, try not to feel the guilt of it, but saying, you know, acknowledge that I could definitely do better. And I would say, if I didn't have that, it could carry on longer. You know, yeah, it really helps to connect and you know link up with people that are going to support you. And amazing. You have any final thoughts, Jill? There's just so many similarities between us. And it's, and I will say the, the one major difference, and we talked about this with Chuck, was I don't have the scientific background as far as digging into that. Like I've chosen not to. And it's even more inspiring to me to see someone who has done that. And there's a lot of people that do that and you have still found God. Because that is one of those things where from my from my understanding, from what I've heard, that's the game changer. They're like, okay, this is science. This is what I'm going with. And I, I can't do that. I can't do that right now. Like Chuck said, maybe down the line. He, and, and he tells people too, like, do the research, look at science, but also look at Jesus. And so I don't know. I just think that that is such a deep, thing that you were into a big rabbit hole and to come out of it you don't know the answer to that but i got out of it if god didn't write the story so beautifully and intricately and he just made things happen where would the faith be how would people have faith if they just seen it happen if they could prove it so to the audience listening you have a story too and we've had the honor of listening to justin's 
But I just want to encourage you to reflect on your own life. Who are the people that God has put in your life from childhood through now? Maybe just those little touch points, you know, a word, a service, a reaching out. And who who's in your life now? What would it look like to open your heart a little bit to the possibility that God is at work and he wants to be closer to you than than he is right now. Justin's given us a lot to think about in that regard and a lot of hope. And so um, we just leave you today knowing that there is a God who is for you. Until we meet again, take care.